Hey everybody, this is Jeff from Startup Sack. Uh, one of the programs we run at Startup Sack is an event we call Startup Sack Happy Hour, where we have a, a mentoring and networking event where we feature a guest entrepreneur answering questions from the audience at AMA. And last night we went to Hot Italian Pizza in Midtown and we had Vinita Sivamani, who is the co-founder of Dermveda, answer questions from the audience. Take a listen. Okay. Thank you, Jeff. Um, thanks, everybody, for being here tonight. These are, I can tell I'm in a room full of entrepreneurs because you really braved the weather today, and I appreciate you all being here. Uh, so my name is Vinita Sivamani, and I am the co-founder and CEO of Dermveda. We are uh, an online education site for skincare. And I'll give you a little bit of story as to why we started in that area. We are very specialized and very niche, and we do that on purpose. Um, so my background's in education. I actually started off as a teacher, and then I did higher education, online learning. Um, and one day, uh, my, my friends, many of whom are dermatologists, were talking about a couple of major pain points, or I would hear them. And one of the things about being an entrepreneur, many of you probably have experienced this, is you st are, you're a solution seeker. So you start to listen to problems, and your mind goes to, what can we do? about it. And so I would hear a couple of consistent complaints that they would have. The first one was really about um, their patients. So they were really struggling with the fact that there's higher and higher pressure um, and more patients for them to see. They just didn't have the time to be able to really um, effectively educate them all. Because oftentimes what happens is once you see a dermatologist, they many times are the last line of defense. So if you're going in to see them, it's probably something chronic, probably something really bothering you. Um, and yet they have if you're lucky, maximum of 15 minutes to do the exam, to talk to you about what you came in for. Is it eczema, acne? Did you just find out it might be a melanoma, right? There's all these different things that might come up. And then if you have any other follow-up questions, which most patients have, they don't have a lot of time to address those. So many patients would come in and ask things like, um, you know, are these the best sunscreens for my children? Or is Botox right for me? They had cosmetic questions. They had medical questions. Uh, they just didn't have time to cover them. And in many cases, the industry evolves so quickly. There's new research all the time. Uh, they may not even know the answers themselves. Um, so that was the first problem we really wanted to address is was there a way with technology and advances in tech to provide better pa patient education? So that was the first problem they wanted to, we wanted to solve. And so one day, one, one day when they were talking, I asked them, I said, well, hey, why don't you send them to a website or send them some information? And there was like this blank pause, blank stares. They looked at each other. Turns out none of them had a resource that they were willing to send to their patients. Most current health sites are way too broad. They're not run by dermatologists, and there's gaps because within dermatology, it's such a highly specialized field. Um, the skin is the largest organ. It's actually the number one driver of doctor's visits, which most people don't know. Over diabetes, heart um, diabetes or heart disease or cancer, it's actually skin. So there, there was a need for this resource, and we did find one foundation in New Zealand. It was a nonprofit dedicated to uh, more physician education. And so we realized that we were going to have to build it. So that was step number one. The next thing that they recognized, um, and as we were going through this process, they realized not only were patients coming in and they needed better education to send home to them so they could go back home and read about best skin cancer, um, best sun protection practices or best ways to care for your skin, depending on your demographic, your age, your gender, but they also had many patients coming in asking for things like, What's turmeric going to do for me? Should I be doing yoga? Should I be eating dairy? What does my diet have to do with my health? It turns out most uh, of the physicians, at least on our team, had gotten a one-half-day course on nutrition and their entire eight-plus years of medical training. 
I thought that would have changed by now. Um, we have a lot of medical students that we work with, and to this day, they get a half a day course on nutrition, which is really difficult for them because they want to be able to provide patients with information about lifestyle approaches and different things that they can do because you're only going to see your doctor maybe one day out of the year. What do you do the rest of those 364 days? So that was another huge gap that we saw. So we realized there's a lot of great, um, important um, advances and technologies within modern medicine. Of course, there's times where you need surgeries, steroids, acute medications, all of that. But we also realized that there were others who had other medical disciplines that were bringing a lot of value to health. And finally, science was catching up. So there's now a lot of peer-reviewed scientific literature on t- turmeric and reducing inflammation or lifestyle, diet, um, um, dairy being linked to acne, all these different things. So we started reaching across the aisle and we worked, we found Um, experts in skin in naturopathy, Chinese medicine, and Ayurveda. And we reached out to them and we said, hey, would you be willing to work on a platform with us where we bring all of our voices together, all of our experience, and share those. So now on our website, many of our disease states, so for example, on acne, you can actually read about acne from naturopathy, Ayurveda, Chinese medicine, and modern medicine. And each one kind of approaches each disease a little bit differently. There's a lot of similarities, but there's some differences. So we started working on that. Um, We have an entire peer review system, so all content goes through a blind peer review process, much like a medical journal. Um, And then the final editor is always a dermatologist. So our, our feeling was, at the end of the day, we've got to go with what the highest standard can be, and, and that is in, in dermatology and, and the Western approach to this peer review process. So all of our content is always vetted and edited by a dermatologist if, it, if it's not already written by one, but it all goes through a blind peer review process no matter who you are. Um, so that has been, what ended that ended up doing for us is really building a platform where right away people saw the value. We weren't trying to cut corners. We were trying to do something that was really trustworthy, really credible. Um, we've brought in a bunch of um, technology now, uh, so now we can really be um, much more advanced in how we deliver the information. We're getting a lot more personalized. Um, so that is kind of where we stand now. But what we've been able to do with this platform is go out to other experts in dermatology or these other disciplines and show them what we're working on. And they're joining our team and joining our board. So we work with universities all around the country now, um, or at least they're, they're different chairs of different universities, different faculty at different universities who help us build programs, build curriculum, um, share what we do. So it's been growing very, very quickly. Um, we just launched our, our personal personal um, education platform is Dermveda for the public. We learned that physicians had the same need, practitioners had the same need, estheticians had the same need. So we have a new website called Learn Skin, which is just for them. And that one is our fastest growing site now. Um, we've gotten a lot of sponsors recently. So Pfizer, we've gotten um, educational grants and supports from industry. So that's really been um, skyrocketing for us. So that is really our journey and why we started and what we're doing here. We're headquartered in Sacramento. We work with physicians around the country, but our tech and operations team is here. And it's actually not just ask me anything. You can do ask us anything if you want, because we have one of our engineers here and also our marketing director who came out to support. But there you go. You get three for one. So we'll open it up for questions. I'll start off. Yeah. You are a semi-finalist for the King's Capitalized pitching tomorrow at the Golden One Center. Are you nervous? Um, so the question was, we're, we're a semi-finalist for the um, Capitalize event tomorrow. Are we nervous? Um, <laughs> no pressure. We're excited. Yeah, we're, we're very honored to have been selected, um, and we're excited. Great job. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> so, 
first question. When did you start? So we started, um, the company was originally founded in 2013. That's when we came up with the name. That's really, we just wanted to secure the name. So that was a, probably rookie mistake number one. You don't have to start your company the second you have a name or an idea. We didn't start working on it until um, fall of 2015. Our website launched summer of 2016. So it's been almost two years. Oh, yeah? Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, um, the new platform I was telling you about, LearnSkin. So what we ended up realizing is, right now we're really working on building up our usership base. So when we went out and um, sought partnerships with product companies, they told us that there's kind of a certain threshold that they want to see in terms of usership before they're willing to advertise. Because the reality is, Facebook and Google are their favorite advertising platforms. So to pull them off of that onto another platform takes a bit of work. So we're um, targeting a million readers this year. I think we're on track, um, and uh, our readership's growing about twenty. 5% a month, so we're, we're happy, we're growing steadily. So once we hit that 1 million user mark, I think we're going to be a lot more competitive in that area, just the direct advertising. Um, but in the meantime, we're really building our LearnSkin continuing medical education platform. So in that area, um, again, we targeted a very specific niche. So even within the CME world, you would think physicians would have a lot of access to this kind of information, but it turns out getting programs developed by experts in the field that are very targeted, we're our first ones on exit for example. It's a huge growing epidemic. About 20% of kids now have it. They think 30% soon in the next decade. So huge growing epidemic. But there's a lot of advances happening and we're working to get those out there. So that program, for example, was funded by Pfizer and Sanofi. And they'll they're large programs. So they, they do, um, not everybody knows this, so WebMD owns Medscape. Medscape is WebMD's f uh, physician education arm. It's about 60% from what I've seen of their entire revenue. So the physician education arm is a big piece. And so similarly, we have a similar model. Yeah. Good question. How do we source the content? A massive labor of love. So everything on our website is uh, unique to us. We built it. We developed it uh, from the technology up to the content. Um, so it takes a lot of time. Like one piece of content can take us three months. Like it's just, it's a labor of love. I mean, we have a lot of writers now, so that helps a lot. We have, a, um, yes, there, we have um, about 35 regular writers, and then we've had a, a close to 150 contributing authors over the last year and a half. So it depends. Like some, we just had an expert write about pregnancy and skin. How does your skin change based on hormones? What products are safe or not? She's an expert out of UCSF. She wrote a series. So it depends. Some might just write on their specific area, and then we have our ongoing writers that will develop content as well. It started off that we would find them. We had to do some begging. Now they find it. I think we get an email a day, I feel like, from different writers. Yeah. So now it's yeah, a lot easier. Do you use AWS? AWS. So the next step I didn't mention, the other monetization strategy is, so we started off what we, so there's two different kinds of major Innovations. One is the really super disruptive kind, right? Your iPhone, all that good stuff. The other one is incremental, the Bezos model. I think we're more in that category. So we really found a gap in our slowly building 
better and better tools to meet those needs. So it started off with education. That was a huge gap. Now that we've established that, what our readers and users have been telling us is they say that's great, but we need a couple things. One, we need it to be personalized. We don't want to sift through a bunch of information and have to, have to decipher. The second thing is we need an action step. So we have some courses, but the next thing we're building is a personalization. We have a personalization algorithm. We're advancing it as we get more users. Um, but the next step for us is actually to build a marketplace. So we don't want to create products. That's not our goal. But we want to help users decide which products to buy. So we have our team, again, our technologists and our, um, our, our engineers and our physicians are working together with some cosmetic chemists to analyze ingredients and products. Right now, the marketplace is very subjective. So if you go out there, there's a lot of websites that will talk about products, but it's like, you know, I use this product and I really liked it for my skin, but we... Like, you know, would it work for Jeff's skin? The things I like, who knows? So um, now we can actually look at ingredients and um, based on what we know, the science and research behind those ingredients and how they interact with skin types, we can start to get a lot more sophisticated around the matching and the recommendations. So that's what we're working on. It's in stealth mode, but that's what we're working on next. So has there been a heavy investment on marketing or advertising towards individuals or to so far, not much. So the question was around uh, marketing. Do we do it B2B or B2C in a lot of ways? Um, so right now, we started off actually not doing very much marketing at all. We invested more in SEO. So that was our marketing strategy, is using Google as our best friend. Um, and it's been working. So our SEO has been going up. Um, that really helps us a lot. And we actually outrank WebMD now on a couple of key search terms within Derm, which was huge for us. So it's working. Readers find us mostly through Google. Um, yeah, their search. But um, in terms of marketing, we've done a little bit more as user testing to figure out when we do a Facebook ad, who's clicking on it? Is it the mom who likes to go to yoga class? Or is it the guy who needs help shaving because it's winter? Or I don't know, right? So we, we start to do this user testing. We actually have a lot of men come to our website. So I think we're at, for a while we were at 50-50. I think it might be more 40-60, but we, we have a lot of men coming to our website, which we're very proud of. Um, so, yeah, so that's what we did. It's just more to use it as a user testing experience than to identify our customers and their profiles. Um, and then on the dermatology side, we're just getting into it. So we'll do more. We'll do some more direct advertising to them, but more kind of getting into journals, professional settings where they are, so they see us as a credible resource. And is the, con is the content uh, like articles or is it video content? Well, yeah, so the content on our LearnSkin platform is articles and then videos. You can pick which medium you want. Yeah. You also, you also mentioned that uh, they are peer reviewed. Yeah. Uh, so how do you get yeah. So our team, I mean our co-founders, and we have an advisory board, so they're very, very active. So um, uh, we have 12 on our leadership team, essentially. So we have editors in each of the discipline areas. So let's say somebody submits an article on acupuncture and acne. It's going to go to our Chinese medicine editor. He'll do first review. We remove the author's name. He does first review. Any change that goes back to the author, there's kind of a back and forth. Um, they um, anytime there's a claim made on the website, it has to be referenced with scientific literature. So he'll go through and check all those studies and kind of validate was it, um, how was the study done? Was there enough of a sample size? Was it double-blinded? Was it just an animal study? You know, all these, they look at all these variables. So there's back and forth, and then the final reviewer is the dermatologist, a dermatologist on the team. Um, so that is kind of how it works. We, and depending on, the, again, the topic area, if it was um, acupuncture for acne, we'd go to our acne specialist, and he would do the final review. So we have, we've just, we've amassed enough of a team now where we can do that pretty efficiently. 
have you evolved and pivoted over the last five years, is it? Two. Really. Two? Two and a half. Two and a half. How, I mean, I know you guys have pivoted a lot. Yeah. Right? Can you describe how that's gone, what you started out with, how you pivoted and changed your value proposition? Yeah. So for us, one of the things that's a little bit unique about us is we've so far been bootstrapping. So what we decided to do is do a little bit more of a slow and steady route, understand the users and their main pain points. So when we started off, we had a lot of ideas around what we thought they would really like, but it's kind of refined over time. So one of them, for example, is how to deliver this product platform that we've learned a ton through doing a beta and just from our users. Um, so over time, we definitely started mostly with just the B2C focus. Like we were just going to be having this content online for people. And then as we, we would go to conferences and we would tell physicians, hey, we've got this new resource for their patients. And they would say, well, great, but where do we sign up? That's when we started realizing, oh, they need this too. Um, so that became a much bigger priority. So the end of last year, um, we really built that out. And now it's launching in a few weeks. Yeah. Uh, so right now, actually, the, the, we got a large eno- enough of a grant where those first, the first 16 in our eczema series are going to be offered for free. But over time, as we build enough courses, like once we have 1,000 courses in our database, then we can start doing a subscription model. And then we're planning to add some additional services there, too, because we realize physicians and practitioners need a way to send personalized education to their, par- um, to their patients, almost like a personalized education plan or personalized um, a health plan. So we're looking at the better ways to build that. That'll be a slower build for us, probably a couple years out. But if we, we're starting to understand there's a lot of need there, too. Do you work with Shriners for their knowledge about burns? You know what? I don't know that we've... We know the head of the Shriners burn unit, but I don't know that he's written a piece yet. That's a good one. Um, So far, we've been focusing a lot more on the major diseases, so acne, rosacea, psoriasis, yeah. But over time, we want to, yeah. Is your SEO strategy mostly to consumers, or how do you find the physicians that Yeah, so right now, um, it turns out they're not too different. Some of the search terms are very similar, especially when it gets into integrated medicine, and neither side has really maybe as familiar with it. Um, But right now, on the physician side, we're doing a much more targeted B2B strategy, more around kind of PR, getting into professional journals, um, going to conferences and tabling. We have our own symposium coming up in October. So this October, um, one of the things we learned going through this process is online education is great. You can't replace the in-person experience connections. So we're putting together a symposium in October here in Sacramento um, where we're having world experts from London all the way to Hawaii and states in between come and talk about their expertise areas. So we have a Chinese medicine, um, Ayurveda, naturopath, many, many dermatologists, peds dermatologists, rosacea experts, um, um, laser experts, um, skin cancer experts, many different experts coming together to lecture on these different areas. So that's another way where that's in it. Actually, do we have the, I think we have our postcards here if anyone wants to come. Um, So that's another thing that we're doing is through that initiative, people will be able to come learn about us, see the quality of our work. That's another um, event that we're doing. We're going to do it annually. And then the cool thing is we're doing a skincare wellness fair. So the last day of that conference will be an event for the public. And we're going to do a showcase. There'll be like DIY tables, different product companies. We'll have some speakers. We have a dermatologist, a naturopath, and an Ayurveda practitioner doing a panel interview. So um, it'll be, that'll really kind of showcase what we do. So you capture data? 
Yes, we do. Mostly on the practitioner side. So we do know what kinds of practitioners they are, how many years they've been in practice. So we capture a lot more on the practitioner side. On the user side, once they become a member, they start to get more refined. So they will have pop-up questions that say, what are your interest areas? Um, you know, is it a specific disease area? Is it general anti-aging or general wellness? Um, you can tell us your skin color, your skin type. There's a whole quiz that, uh, that gives us a lot more information. Right now, we get about 30,000 readers on our website every month. Of those, we don't really push. Our membership is free. It's really up to people if they want to go in and do that personalization piece. We haven't pushed that at all, mostly because that's most valuable for us when we do the product platform. So that'll come later this year is when we're really going to start pushing it. Yeah. Yeah. So when we first started, that's a good example of a pivot. We kind of thought, could we put together some sort of a forum, almost like a Quora or something where different users could have these interactions, and legal totally kiboshed it. So it turns out that is not, that's a difficult thing to put together. So maybe as we grow and get a little bit bigger, we will, but for now, it's, it's closed. There's no comments or things like that. We get users, we have a little, um, we have emails, so we do get users who submit questions, and then if we often will go through and curate if there's common questions coming up or a really good one that we forgot, didn't think to write about, we'll do an article on it, but we don't have direct Con, um, communication outside of just our Facebook page and stuff. So I've heard from people that uh, Facebook is for old people, which <laughs> is my primary means of advertising. So what are you guys doing with uh, Twitter and Instagram? Because I'm old and I don't Did know. Did you take it? Uh, so Instagram has been our biggest platform besides Facebook. Twitter for us, we keep it active, but it's not... Uh, super engaging um, but with Instagram we've brought on a couple influencers onto our team that have been really helpful and our information is all it's like great tips for your skincare so we're kind of looking to make our Instagram like um, the place where you go for your skin tips it's kind of like a magazine or think of it as um, I don't know it's just where you get some skin tips and so our Instagram has be well since last week we've grown by 100 followers so we're putting some real thought behind it we're, we're going into video as well um, but I think influencer marketing has been a real uh, big help for us and with that it's been people that reach out to us that are interested in what we're doing uh, so that's been really fun and we've really put thought behind each one of our campaigns and each one of our posts now um, they're not just we're not just throwing up pictures on our page it's more it's very thought out they, they've been planned. So March is going to be a big month for us on Instagram to go forward. There is a whole community of um, kind of doctor, MD students, um, influencers. They're just people that um, share tons of skin tips and knowledge, and we're just becoming part of that community as well. So, But we do use Facebook. We have, I mean, that's where our biggest following is right now. Um, there's just not tons of engagement. We have a lot of women here who attended Startup Weekend Women's Edition. Maybe give a little bit of a background to any experiences as a woman founder. I know you were on a panel at Aggie Innovation Startup Symposium a couple weeks ago. Uh, you were a member of the Fourth Wave cohort. Maybe talk a little bit about that. Sure. Sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, basically, in essence, the coolest thing I think about entrepreneurship is 
a lot of the challenges I face when I go to investor meetings, there's just realities, right? Being a minority woman is not the best profile for fundraising, and mostly just because investors really like patterns. They want to see if you go in and show them, like, hey, this works, this profile works, at least to this. I have case examples of that. They get a lot more excited. But if you say, hey, we're creating a new marketplace for integrated medicine, and you've never, you know, worked with somebody like me, it's just very, it's, it just takes a lot more time. So that is a reality. But the really cool thing about entrepreneurship is at the end of the day, the marketplace doesn't care who you are, what you look like. If it's a good idea, if it works, if it's solving a problem, you're good. So I think that for me has been the most exciting piece. We've done, we've, we approach fundraising. We will continue to do that. But as, as far as, you know, we're growing more and more with what we have. And the other thing is once we realize, I spent almost a year fundraising and I learned, I learned how to grow thick skin. And then it changed for us when we went to industry and we started asking them when we had enough credibility, they could see we were legit. We went to them and we said, hey, we have got this idea about this um, physician education portal, practitioner education portal. What do you think about that? Would you support us? And we got funding for that before we ever even built the prototype. So we knew right away, we're like, okay, we can go straight to industry. They fund us. They support us. They're going to back us as we do this. So that was a huge, that was a game changer for us because it changed the dynamic. Um, so now when we go out to fundraise, I think it'll be a different story. So what does a day at the job so what does a day at the job typically look like? Um, no days, no two days are the same, really. Um, a lot. I do a lot of meetings and strategic. I, I said a lot of the strategic partnerships, a lot of these um, industry partners, for example, travel. Um, so I'm not in the office, actually, as much as the rest of our team. They hold down the fort and do the day-to-day work and support. Um, but for me, a lot of it is um, setting strategic plans, getting the input from the team, the users, what's going on, what do we need to build next, making sure the clients you know, are, understand what we're working on and are behind it, um, looking at what we're gonna, what's coming next. So our symposium, we already know ideas for 2020. So those, those are all the kinds of things that I do every day. Um, so I think, honestly, you kind of do it all. You go from big picture strategic planning to taking out the trash, like all in one day um, and everything in between, you know, lots of emails, lots of follow-ups, check-ins, meetings, um, because you want to have your pulse on everything, at least at the beginning. Yeah. Is your, is your team mostly distributed or co-located? Is it? Is your team co-located? Oh, co-located, sorry. Yes, um, so our team, we actually, our headquarters is here, so Pretty much all of our ops team is in Sacramento. So we have three engineers. Um, we have our marketing team. Um, we are bringing on, we're actually hiring, so we're bringing on some more folks. Um, but our physicians, kind of the writers and the physicians, are all around the country. Yeah. So, bit of both. Okay, those writers? Yeah, do we pay the writers? No. It's an honor to write on our website. <laughs> how do you, okay, that's a good question. How do you, uh, how do they feel? So really a couple different ways. One is, so for some of our experts, this, this kind of surprised me when we started because we would go to these experts and I, f- I felt inadequate to go ask them to do things and they would jump on it. Two reasons. One, they understood the need for integrated medicine. So many of our board members who have been, I mean, decades, they're, they're you know, been in, been in healthcare for decades, 
got it right away. And they said integrated medicine is the future. They, they just said it's the most sustainable. Look at the way healthcare is now. It, it, it needs to change. So they immediately got that vision, which was really awesome. But the second thing is um, a lot of the work that they do, especially these researchers at these amazing institutions, it kind of stays in an ivory, ivory tower. And they can only see so many patients in a given week or a given day. So when we said, well, hey, listen, we've got this platform. We're, it's super credible. We're keeping it up to date. We've got our own we're building it from scratch. Everything's proprietary. We've got our own in-house team, so we ensure it's kind of highest quality standard every every step of the way. Would you be willing to share your expertise? And they said, oh, yes. They, they love it because now they can help so many more people than they could if it was just their research and their patients. So that was, has surprised us. And if you go through, like we have several e-books now where it's literally... We had a chapter on itch. The world expert wrote the chapter on itch. So we have a lot of people coming out now who will do that, and it's amazing to me. But it's really exciting, and I think it's the combination of this is a really cool, new, exciting thing. This is helping patients. This is getting my work out there in a way I I couldn't do on my own. Um, Somebody really cares about what I'm doing. So I think all those those elements coming together have made it a win-win. And then some of our practitioners now say, hey, I just got called from a a patient floor across the country to to meet with me because they found I was an expert in this. Nobody's been able to solve that for 10 years. Now I can help them. So they're getting more visibility too, which was something we didn't think about as much, but that's happening now too, which is cool. So they're itching to respond. (laughs) Yes, itching. To what extent do you think your educational background Yeah, so what, to what extent did the educational background help? Tremendously, tremendously. Because at the end of the day, the reality is the physicians are excellent at caring for their patients, but they didn't necessarily go learn how to teach or how to communicate these things to people who don't have that science background. So being able to bring it to the level where, hey, you know, I, I know what I need to know, what, what I would like to read, what would help me, how to translate important points, how do you teach, like all these things I've studied and, and learned. So I think it was very, very extremely valuable. When they, so when we started this idea that at the dinner table at my house, looking around and they said, well, you know, I see patients all day. I see patients all day. You've got the education background. Do you want to run this? And I said, okay, sure. I'll do it until you find a real CEO is how I started. And then um, in that process, this was 2013. And I realized I didn't feel comfortable jumping in. Some people do. And that's awesome. I, it's a, it's a field where it's a rather traditional field. I also knew we were dealing with medical degrees. I, I just wanted to make sure I felt comfortable, so I went to business school, and I learned that I learned a ton. So I went to UC Davis for business school, and that really helped me br- blend the the education background with kind of the practical everyday skills and what did I need to know, building a network to then start our team, all this kind of stuff. So I think the combination was actually helpful for me. Cool. You mentioned a couple times getting grants from uh, industry, from pharmaceutical companies, I believe. Yes. It's a little bit non-traditional. Maybe yeah. talk about how how you went about that or how you stumbled into that. Into that. Everything's, oh, i got to go get venture funding from, a, from an angel or a VC. But you found funding in other avenues. Yeah. Maybe talk about that. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm a big fan of alternative funding routes, um, mostly because the reality is, statistically, I have like a less than 
three or one percent chance of succeeding in the VC world. So that wasn't very exciting to me. And as an on solution maker, I looked for other avenues. Um, so for us, it actually just started off. There, there's calls. There's calls online, and we just applied. And we did not think in a million years we did not think we were actually going to get it. But we liked the idea of going through the process to learn. And we thought, well, if we don't get it, we can call them. We can find out what we did wrong, what was missing, and we'll learn from there. The very first one we put in, uh, they take a long time. That's the one downside. Sale, the sales cycle is really slow. And the, the pharmaceutical industry calls it grants, but it's essentially sponsorship. Like they fund programs. And so, um, and so, yeah, so the very first one we put in and then we heard back and we got 100% funding. So then we went for bigger ones. Then we went for six-figure ones. And then we kept growing, doubling those. So over time now, like now we put in pretty big grants and, um, and we just learn every single time. Some companies are totally fine with that. They're, they just, okay, cool, approved, here you go. We'll mail you the check. Others are like, you know, they'll call. They want to see a demo. I just did a WebEx demo this morning at 530 because they were East Coast, showing them the platform and why, what's so different about it, how is it helpful, what have we learned. People thought it was cool that we had an education background person with the medical and the tech. Um, so they, they, it's an industry that's looking for innovation. So I think we've come in at the right time where integrative medicine is percolating. A lot of people are hearing about it. Um, and the fact that you can have pharma work side by side with herbal natural botanical companies is awesome. And we're very proud of that because uh, there's room for both. There's a role for both. So bringing that all together, um, yeah, we just, we just went for it. Yeah. And we had advisors. So, so a lot of, I shouldn't, don't want to downplay this. Our, the team is everything. Our advisors have done grants themselves. They've done research grants, NIH grants. So they're used to the grant writing process. I, I did a lot of drafting, but they did a lot of work on the objectives and what it's supposed to look like. Um, and so it, it's not their first rodeo show. So I think that helps a lot, too. Do we plan to expand? Yes. And so one of the things we plan to expand in many different ways. One is internationally. So one of the things we start off with is having our content in English. That works for most countries. We get readers from Asia, from all over the world, actually, already. We do want to start translating. We're going to have to work very carefully with other healthcare professionals or dermatology professionals in these other countries because Google Translate doesn't cut it. Um, so that's one thing we're going to work on eventually. Um, for right now, though, it's kind of cool. English works, especially in the medical professions. That seems to work really well. So, yes, we do want to expand internationally. We also want to expand our services. So one of the things I think that always struck VCs that they didn't like was that we were so broad. So, and you've probably heard today, we have five different things going on right now. And I, I think that they didn't like that because they like it when something's very focused and targeted. Like, I'm going to build this app for this one thing and grow it. And in our case, what we do is we say, hey, listen, we can be nimble. We hear what our users, what people are telling us, what they need. Do we have the capacity to build it? Yeah. And so we go for it. And so that's what we've been doing is we're continually kind of innovating, expanding our services. Our ultimate vision is to be the one-stop shop for skin. So no matter your question or your need, you'll be able to find it on our platform. So we have years to go, but we're building new tools all the time because we do want to expand in in every which regard, really. For the skincare product yeah. recommendations, marketplace that you yeah. talk about, um, is that partnerships with the creators of those skin products, skincare products, or are you guys yeah. just getting like a big 
big data set from existing sources of existing skincare products and just applying some algorithm to recommend to uh, your users? Yeah, so we started off that way. We just amassed a huge amount of data. What we learned again from our users is they said, we don't want that. We want you to cut through the noise. We go to Target and we're overwhelmed. We don't know what to pick when we go down the aisle, so don't throw us 50,000 products. We want you to curate them. So now we're going through a different model. We're going through more of a vetting process um, so that we can work with product companies that are willing to be um, share more information about their products, how they're made, so we can start to better understand them, what the ingredients in them. Um, so we work with them to get all the ingredients. Because what's on the label doesn't tell you quantities. There's a lot of missing information. So the more we can work with product companies to get that information, the better our data in this platform. Um, so we are working slowly on that um, to, to basically build this marketplace where we can have products where they're more curated for people. And even within that, there's a rating system. So again, you'll put in, because it's not only your skin type, it's your preferences. So if you want something that's vegan with vitamin E, you can put in the filters and it'll show you, hey, this one's a 90% match to you. This one's 80%. It's not as good for your skin type, but it has all the ingredients you want. You can start to filter. And then you'll go in and say, I love this product. I want to buy more. We, we adapt the algorithm. It keeps learning. Or I hated that product. Okay, cool. Did you not like how it smelled, how it felt, all these kinds of things? And it'll keep learning. So that's the goal. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So they could purchase directly from our site. Affiliate marketing. Affiliate sales. So so you keep mentioning uh, that this is is what the users said to us. Yeah. So what is your process of reaching out to yeah, a couple different ways. <laughs> I can take this one. So um, some of it is just honestly just Google Analytics tracking their, their progress through our website. So recently we actually saw somebody clicked on the Sardex SAP event. They went to our homepage. They clicked on the skin type profiler. Did they become a member? Like we can see all these things. So that tells us some things. And when we see gaps, like are people jumping off of question two a lot on the profile? Then we started digging in more. Um, and we do a lot of events. So we do events at the co-op. We'll, we'll do in-person events because sometimes you can learn a ton by just sitting there and watching them go through your product like we have an ipad there and we watch where people get stuck a lot of people are hesitant to put emails they're just in a day where they just don't trust things even though it's a free ebook but when you explain to them hey no this was written by dermatologists edited by them um, this is what you can gain from it they're all game so that is one challenge is in within skin there's so much noise Everybody claims to be the most trusted resource for skin. So that is one challenge we face. We're working on that. We're starting to bring in more branding experts to help us with the story. How do you portray this? Um, So we're working on that. But, um, yeah, so that's one way is just literally watching them using analytics in person. We do surveys. Um, We survey our users. Um, Am I missing anything? Have you you found people willing to connect through Facebook and provide their email? I think it's hit or miss because when they come to our website, it's usually something specific. Like they want that ebook, and they have to put their email to get that. They don't. They can't get it through Facebook. So um, it depends. Versus, just some people just want to follow us and they see us on Facebook. Sometimes we promote certain content. If it says, "Hey, this this post is really high performing," we might just boost it, and then people will like it, like that article. And we invite them to like the page. So we do some of that. Um, oh, the last little piece I mustn't forget is the physicians. Because they see patients, sometimes they'll ask them, like, hey, you know, um, if I had a product platform for you, would you use it? And what, what would you want in it? So sometimes we just get really good feedback because we, we deal with our customers all the time in different settings. So those are all the, those are all the main methods right now. Yeah. What's next? 
I, do you want to say a couple? So we have an amazing engineering team, and I kind of want to give Gage just a couple seconds to talk about what it's like to work at Dermbeda and some of the cool things that he's working on. Hello, everyone. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm an engineer at Dermbeda, and it's, it's a great place to be because it's really ra- rare you get to combine, one, my love for tech and healthcare. I, I grew up, I had horrible acne growing up. I tried multiple resources online and uh, never really found a solution. I had to eventually uh, go to a dermatologist and, you know, ask the questions we all ask and then get put on Accutane and go down that entire route. And it's miserable. If you've ever done that, it's very bad. And it's kind of a scary thing to, you know, me, I'm on the internet a lot and I, I try to find resources to allow me to heal myself, right? And uh, it was almost impossible. So it's, it's great for me to be a part of Durham Beta because I get to apply my passion for tech while helping people, you know, not go through the same things I did. That's why I'm here. Any tech questions? No. What are you building on? We're cur- yeah, all JavaScript in the web. So right now we're on React and Node, and we host all through AWS. Are you planning to uh, go uh, Not currently. Uh, I think it's in the talks. Um, but right now we have a responsive website that's essentially a mobile app. Uh, we kind of see a lot of apps are moving over to what they call PWAs, which are websites that essentially act like mobile apps. So that's kind of the route we're going. It's hard to get people to download an app. Are you a team of one or how many are? It's three right now. Yeah, but we are hiring. So how has Uh We're currently hiring for two full stack web developers. So mostly React and Node, if you know anyone. Get up. <laughs> I'm a huge fan. <laughs> how has your how has tech evolved from I'm guessing the original days it was just a simple website problem. How has that evolved and how has the team evolved over this? Right, that's a good question. Um, you guys probably know about Wix and a lot of you know self website builders and I get that question a lot. Why don't you just go through something like that or or WordPress, but what you lack is uh, the ability to control the interactivity of the site, right? And um, it, you know, they make the business decisions, and they could have picked somewhere where, you know, they they paid a site to put their content on, but they didn't have control. So. I guess the answer to the question is, as we move into more of our, you know, internally built React site, we have all full control. If they come out with a, uh, a interactive function that they want that isn't built yet in the entire world, we can do it. Did you guys start out with a uh, pre-built website like Wix or something, and then transition, or start out? Um, no, they 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 outsourced to a company in Sri Lanka. It was a problem, and uh, I think, yeah, um, the company learned from it, and they hired internally, and we rebuilt the whole thing. What's the difference between WordPress on the one and flexibility? Yeah, so WordPress is um, is more for people that aren't into tech, so. 
you can get in there and you can build a site that's very basic, right? You can have a contact page, and, and there are plugins that people make that you can put in there. But if you want something that's entirely custom, it's very hard to do in WordPress. It takes more work. So traditionally, you go through React and build the whole thing. There's plugins for that. And a lot of people actually have problems with security and e-commerce on WordPress because it's the the source control is, or is it's not open. You can't see what this what the source is doing, the code. Uh, and in WordPress, it's just plug and play, and you better hope it works. What, what service on these OBS DBs? I'm assuming your content is uh, the videos and stuff are hosted through S3, and, and we have buckets and stuff like that. Um, and our new platform, LearnSkin, is actually all on AWS Lambdas, so it's completely serverless. Which I'm a fan. It's cool. Uh, another differentiator why we didn't do the WordPress route is the proprietary tool. So, like our personalization tool, we built. It's, it's very unique, and so we needed custom build on that. So there's a lot of things we wanted to do WordPress couldn't do. The AI, you know, we're moving into right. a lot more AI and things like that. Right. Yeah. I'm a tech guy, not a business guy. <laughs> we good? All right. Thanks, Gage. Thanks. Do I build robots? Yeah. Virtual ones. <laughs> All right, so about time to wrap up. Any last questions, parting thoughts? Vinny, anything else you'd like to share? You've got a symposium coming up. Um, anything else you'd like to share about the data? Sure. Well, thank you all for coming. Go to our website, create a profile, become a member, follow us on social media. All of that helps. And if you find anything, honestly, that's so valuable. If you would take the time to email us and let us know, like, hey, I, this totally didn't even work. This sucks. I don't get this. We would love to hear that. Um, because sometimes if people don't like it, they just leave, and we never get to find out why. So I, we love feedback. We would really appreciate it. Um, and come to our event. One last question. Advice for wannabe entrepreneurs? Do it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thank you. We need that. Okay.